What is up, everybody? Welcome to Culture FC, the weekly soccer show that's not really about soccer. We cover lifestyle, music, fashion, politics, all the things surrounding the beautiful game, just none of the stuff happening on the pitch. My name is Louie. My name's Aggie. I'm Brendan. And this week, we got into a whole slew of topics, including the best player in the world refusing to partake in the Women's World Cup, FIFA announcing plans to not expand the 22 World Cup to 48 teams, following that up by screwing over every single human being who bought tickets to the Women's World Cup this summer. And we also covered some trouble brewing in the lower levels of American soccer, where the USL has filed a lawsuit against the UPSL, and we talked about why that's really bad and sketchy for American soccer. If you folks enjoy this episode of our podcast, it would mean the world to us if you could hit that subscribe button and even maybe leave us a review. Be honest, be brutal, let us know what you think, what do you like, what do you dislike, it really means the world to us if you leave us a review. We read them all and it really does help us get better at doing this. You can find us on all social media platforms at Trouble Soccer and I would like to specifically direct you guys to our YouTube which is also Trouble Soccer. We are really trying to grow our channel right now so if you could just go over and hit that subscribe button in YouTube, it would mean the world to us. You could also actually find the video version of this podcast there as well as other weekly videos that we put out about american soccer so give that a check out and we really appreciate it but all right guys that's enough rambling from me let's jump into this week's episode all right guys so jumping into our first topic of this week Actually, before we get into this week's topic, something crazy that I saw yesterday and it was confirmed is that I want to give a quick shout out to Fabio Quagliarella, who is officially Serie A's top scorer over guys like Cristiano Ronaldo, Mauro Riccardi, and Piatek. Hobozone. And all of those other big Serie A scorers at 36 years old. Dude, I love it. I love it. Fabio Quagliarella is 36 <laughs> years old and is the leading goal scorer of Italy. I was listening to a podcast the other day about this guy like talking about all these like athletes coming into their older years and in past times like they would really like retire at like mid thirties, you know, like like, do a good career, but like people like I bet Ronaldo and Messi, like they are not going to give up because their body is just so tuned up and it's just like their mental game too. It's just like if they can keep pushing their mental brain to keep up for 90 minutes, like these guys are going to keep scoring. So shout out to that dude though, because being Syria top scorer has got to be something special at 36 Mm -hmm. years old. Especially when Ronaldo comes, joins Juve, everyone's just, Except that he's gonna yep. he's gonna lead the league and no no you beat him no well, especially because there was already other established stars too like you know even before uh, Cristiano came Dybala was killing it I mean, that's yep. true Dybala he, he had a very down year Akari's this year Akari's a straight baller of course he had his old drama throughout the season a but little. he's a baller <laughs> yeah. a little mm-hmm. um, but no I mean it's crazy and then I guess when you think about it Cristiano's only thirty four so yeah they were both like first and yeah second, but Cristiano's like, Cristiano's not a thirty four he's a, like a twenty nine thirty four with yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. himself literally could is probably gonna play till he's like forty five yeah. Unless he lands in jail. Because <laughs> I also read it somewhere. I did that read that. Yeah. They like found his address or something. And, and they're coming for and him. And they're coming for him. I mean, he's got a pretty long rap sheet. We spent a long time talking about how he might be a rapist. But all right, moving along to our first topic of this week. So with the Women's World Cup kicking off in a little over two weeks, something very interesting that I feel like we should talk about is the fact that the best player in the world is refusing to play in the Women's World Cup in 2019. Ada Hegerberg, the current holder of the Women's Ballon d'Or and the winner of the past four female Champions League titles, 
will not be at the World Cup in protest. Yeah. And did she hit a hat trick in the final three? She for did. That, for the yeah. Champions League. It was like a thirty minute hat trick, I think, believe in the second baller. half or something like Absolute that. Baller. Also, congratulations to her because she got married this weekend. Oh, nice! Congrats! Oh, congratulations if you're listening. <laughs> Congrats, Ada. But yeah, so let's basically translate that. The best women's player in the world will not be at the best tournament for the best players in the world. And the reason she refuses to play is because of how Norway has treated their female footballers in the past. So in reality, she actually played the 2015 World Cup mm-hmm. with Norway, got them out of the group stage, and but she was 19 years old. Yep. And then in 2017, she quit the national team in protest, uh, talking about how it was unfair treatment of the, of the female players and how this was ridiculous. So she found a way where she was going to put pressure on the Norwegian Football Association because clearly she's a baller. She yep. commands respect. Absolutely. Everybody wants her to play. Absolutely. So she's like, you know what? I'm walking and you guys need to fix this whole scenario. So after she left the team, though, the Norwegian FA and the Norwegian Players Association signed an agreement that helped the pay scale disparity between the men's and women's players. And it awarded equal compensation for both sides. Yep. And but no matter even with that in place, Ada Hegerberg said that her decision was not about the money and that she refused to still play. Um, and so this is a very it's creating a very weird and interesting dynamic. Uh, the reason why I find it so interesting is that here in the United States, we have a similar situation where the women's players are facing very similar uh, situation to what Ada was uh, protesting, mm. but how they went about it was very different than how she did it. And so here in the United States, the United States women's national team has actually sued the United States soccer federation directly through the courts. And they have been trying to bring about a lot of conversation about their fight through appearing in the media. And we, how we talked about how they right, all right. were in the, in the swimsuit uh, edition of the Sports Illustrated recently. And so they are doing a completely different method of trying to go about the same thing. Um, and so I really wanted to focus on how you guys compare and contrast both of these situations, because uh, especially because it's like, which one is kind of going about it the right way? Because for on one hand, the United States women's national team is bringing in a ton of media attention from around the world on this topic, but Ada Hegerberg was actually successful in her fight. Yeah. So it's that, it's that thing, right? Nothing's changed for the U.S. women quite yet, but Ada Hegerberg has been able to get some things changed. Mm-hmm. I respect the way Ada's going about it, honestly. I feel like she's almost fighting alone a little bit. It does feel that way. You know what I mean? I feel like the rest of the Norwegian women's team, they've now got, they've reached some benefits. They've got their equal pay, but Ada's still fighting for more for them. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with the women's team, obviously, all banding together and fighting together. More respect, just equal respect to that. But Ada's fighting on her own, not getting the backing that I feel like the women's team is getting, like being with each other, but still going forward. So I just, I don't know. They're both, both great approaches. Both are fighting for the right, for the right outcome here. But just, a, I don't know, something about the way that Aid is going about it, fighting alone and knowing that she's the best of the best and still sacrificing a huge part of her career. Just kudos to that for her, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree that it's both, like, a really, either way, like, a good fight to pursue. Um, I do think that Aid is taking much more of a hardline approach, and I think, I feel like that's more of, like, European sensibility to, like, take a fight and, like, really take a stand towards something, you know, even in, like, general media, you know, like, the protests going on in France and in, like, in in England with, like, Brexit and shit, so, like, all that, they're all very pragmatic, they're all out and about, and although the rest of the team isn't there, she's, like, still standing up for something she believes in when I believe that if, like, unfortunately, if the United States women were to all quit and then they're like, oh, no, no, like, we'll raise your rages, like, then they would, I, who's to say, I mean, honestly, but I'm just saying, I'm thinking for myself, yeah. I think they would all come back. And that's I agree. something I agree. strong to say for Ada. 
I will say though, I actually don't believe the USSF would fold and be like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll pay you. I actually genuinely do not think the USSF would give a shit. You think they I mean, just they send? I genuinely think that they would look at it and go, "Cool, y'all don't want to play? Sounds good." Because you think so? Even like Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, all these big players drop. Absolutely, and the wow. reason why is because I mean, of course, money talks, and they right, 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 right. do draw in a ton of money. They're, the women's final that they participated in in 2015 was one of the most watched soccer matches in the history of the planet. You know what I right. mean? So they clearly bring in a ton yeah. of viewers. But based on the response that the USSF has kind of had about this whole lawsuit and still trying to fight it and and the way they've explained they try to explain how you know oh it's a disparity in terms of income blah 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 it's not about us treating women poorly in other words with all the bullshit that they've come out and said yeah i genuinely think that if alex morgan and like carly lloyd and some of the younger girls maybe even like uh, i don't know like mal Pugh or Lindsay horan were just like you know what we're done they would be like cool later we have other people to pick from I genuinely don't see them doing what the Norwegian FA did after. Uh, I can kind of see no. I think you, I think you kind of have a point there. I think they, but you know what? We have deep enough talent here. We can we can thrive without them. Which... Right. And for them, it's like you know we've won three World think... Cups. If we go another water World Cup without winning one, does it really matter from right, the USSF right, right. standpoint? They'd no, be like, right. we're kind of okay. So you think they'd just pull in like the anti-union approach and be like, all right, send our B squad in. Like, you well, know what? Let's, they might. They might. Let's which is sad them. to say, but they really might do that shit. It's hard. Of course, you know, we, we don't know this and we're just speculating about what could happen. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about it. But what I find fascinating is that, like you guys kind of touched upon, Ada went with that hard line quick, like, you know what? I'm out. I'm going to put all the pressure and spotlight on you guys yeah. at once. And the intensity of that, I believe, really made a difference. Now, whereas the women, the U.S. women's national team is going for that slow burn. They're trying to like, let's build all this up. Let's get some media hype behind us. Let's do this the right way through the courts and really bring about change. So I actually think both both approaches are valid. I just feel like with the U.S. women's national team, they could fight for it a little longer, I believe, than one player who made a stance. Because, for example, right, Ada made her stance. They equaled the pay the pay rate. But that's the only thing that's kind of been equaled, right? Clearly, as the as shown by the fact that she hasn't returned to the Norwegian women's right, national yep. team, I feel like it's easier for them to just go, "Oh, we already did that part. We're good. We already did our part in making everything equal." Even if there, it isn't, even if it's not about the money, because there's many things that are still wrong with women's football. You know, the fact yeah. that uh, I think back to 2015, how all the players had to play on turf, despite a lot of players complaining and refusing yeah. and wanting to not partake, because they would show training uh, sessions of them on turf and they'd come out with like bloody calves, bloody shins, like yeah. all of this stuff because of the turf burns and stuff. So, you know that's one aspect of it. There's definitely probably a facilities aspect of it, scheduling aspect, all of these different things. Yeah. There's definitely something, there's more that could be done. So I almost feel like because the U.S. Women's National Team are taking the slow burn, it's easier for them to get more long-term changes in because it is a slow fight. It's a building fight and one that won't extinguish very quickly, you know? Yeah. I got the slow fight, but in my crazy opinion, I think they should have just all quit. You think so? Like, it, but it, it would have been, been it would have been wild. It would have been sensational. It, it would have been like it would have been history. Attention. It would have been like textbook shit. Yeah. But either way. But then what you got to remember is that these people are athletes, and yeah. they and all want to compete, and they want to win another World Cup, and they, you know, uh, the fight that these girls have, man, like it's exciting yeah. to watch. So we'll see. And so actually, that brings up uh, something that I've been thinking about from Ada's personal standpoint, right? So she's only 23 years old, I believe, 23, 24 right now. And when she was with the Norwegian national team, she had 38 goals in 66 games. Damn. And when she played her 
when she played her last game with the national team, she had just turned 22 and was only 28 goals away from the all-time Norwegian record. Well, she probably would have had it by now if she stayed. Absolutely. And so yeah. you got to be thinking, right, her mentality of, of being like, I could become the most legendary woman in Norwegian footballing history. And then she goes, you know what? It's more important for me to fight for our rights as a woman to do so. Yeah. Like, that's I, kind of nuts that's what that, I don't know about like, I res- like, I respect the hell out of it. Like, she's literally tar- not tarnishing. But throwing away a part of her career that could turn her into an absolute legend in her own country just to fight for equal rights. You know what I mean? So do you guys and think not, that it's not worth justify, it? But yeah, I do. Because as shitty as it is that Ada's one doing it, somebody has to do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So the fact that she's taking a stance and being a pioneer and, and going for it, yeah, someone has to do it. And credit there for being the even one if it means it. that she's gonna she can never possibly reach a World Cup final and never break that record, even if it means that on a on a national stage, she will never achieve the heights that she can. If she can turn into into a successful protest, yes, it's worth it. If nothing comes of it, I still think it's. I still think she can hold her head high because she went for it, she tried, and she did her best. And it's just a fault with the country and her country's FA at that point. But even yes, even if she misses on all that, I still think she's fighting a fight that needs to be fought. But do you think that her protest was uh, was successful? They did get equal. They got equal pay clearly, but clearly there's something behind the scenes going on. There's either they're not treating the women's team to the to the level they deserve. There's something going on there. They're not that they're doing for the men. That they're not doing for the women. Clearly, there's got to be. If she can clean that up, and she can get that to where she wants it to be, or where the women deserve, then yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, I think it's worth it because. Although she is an athlete, she believes that her quality of life and women's quality of life, if they want to be a pro athlete in Norway like that, means more to her than her like own goals within the sport. Because like at the end of the day, it is just a sport. And I think she believes that it's way more important to fight for women's equality than to get to get a, like a... a be known because either way she's going to be known oh, whether she's known for netting the most goals or being the person who broke the camel's back so i think it's good for her good good for ada i agree no no i agree with you guys i do think that it per- it, it is worth it you know because like you said me she it's more it's more than just a sport it's about life and it's about treating people with honesty and and quite frankly i mean she is a success off of the national team dude four champions league finals a ballon d'or like yeah dude, that's like, true like the, the woman is a legitimate baller like flat out I, it, I watched highlight of that champions league final against I forget, barcelona. Play barcelona right i was gonna say and she just all her goals she just, just knows how she knows where to be she knows how to position herself she's she's phenomenal would you say she reminds you of another norwegian striker um one who may or may not have played for Manchester United, or she does not remind me of Ollie. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Ada at the wheel, or right? <laughs> I re- could actually get behind that. As he records with Louis with a man you top on. <laughs> Did you know Ada has a sister that plays for PSG? Really? So funny. I do because yesterday when she put up the picture of her getting married, I was a little upset. Gonna be honest, I got a little bit of crush on her. I clicked on it like, no, Ada. So I want to see her husband. In doing so, I saw her sister went on her profile and saw that she plays a PSG. And I was like, thoroughly impressed. That's really cool. Side That's note. A- side note. Her husband's not a bad looking guy. He, I'm not mad Good at looking it. dude. Good looking dude. Play great, great head of hair. But overall though, I, I mean, I respect the absolute hell out of her. I mean, just the fact that you're willing to sacrifice such a big part of your career just for a fight that you think is worth dude, it. Yeah. I, 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 be- I totally believe in it and I'm really happy that she's doing it. And I agree. You know what though? I do think that she has some time that she could possibly come back. You know, okay, so if you're about 23, 24 now, mm-hmm. 
if in the next four years they make the changes that they that she thinks they need to make, yeah. maybe she can come back by twenty eight. It, it sucks to say, but even though it's our country, she's got she's kind of got to be pulling for Norway to flop a little bit in this World Cup. Even like, maybe, yeah, like, poor results might force their hand to be like, you know what, we need Ada, we need to we need to do something about this team. You know what yeah. I mean? If they have a decent World Cup, that's true. Nothing's gonna change. It's shitty as to say. Yeah, because anybody can always. Oh, on one hand, someone could spin it and go, "Hey, we have a really decent squad, but we need a star to make a difference." Right. right. Or, but you also have people who could be like, "Oh, but we did so well without her. Do we really need to do that?" Exactly. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it goes, you know, and see yeah. which 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 fight ends up be bringing the most uh, change, and hopefully they both kind of do, and it brings it together. But, you know. I'm pulling for her personally. Same. Yeah, me too. I hope whatever she's trying to achieve, I hope whatever's going on behind the scenes that she wants dealt with gets dealt with because we deserve to see her at a World Cup. I'm not, dude, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if we're going to be selfish for a little bit, I really would love to see her at a World oh, Cup. Oh, same. That would same. Be She'd be the bona fide star of the whole, of the whole thing. Yeah. Because I think Alex Morgan is a little overrated. Do Wait, you? Did, I really? Do. I do think she's a little overrated. Hmm. I've watched a couple games and I'm not... She's not bad by any means. She's a star. But I think her popularity in the U.S. and her looks might overrate her a little bit. I but that's will just my opinion. also be 100% honest in saying I haven't watched enough of Alex <laughs> Morgan <laughs> to make a good enough judgment. At least you're honest about it. You know what I mean? No, I, I will say I, kinda, I have watched her play quite a bit. And like she's not what a lot of people think she no, is. No, yeah. You know, I don't know. Just my opinion. A lot of people may think of like Alex Morgan as this like goal scoring machine, like this absolute monster. But you know, you could probably look more at like Carly Lloyd at how she's done for the U.S. Women's National right. Team, and that's and my maybe point. Maybe you look at Carly Lloyd and go, "Wow, she is a absolute baller." And it's hard. I don't want to compare these two women because they're no, no, both no. phenomenal. And Absolutely, they've won so much for club and country. But it's just, it's an interesting. And thing maybe to think about. maybe this World Cup come along. Alex Morgan just bangs goals left left to right, and you guys look back at this podcast and think, "Wow, Eggie's an idiot." Wow, <laughs> Eggie's that a could dick. very much happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I, part of me hopes it does because if she does do that, it clearly means the U.S. is balling. Yep. I hope that she wins the golden ball for the tournament, just so we can revisit. <laughs> we're gonna come back. We're <laughs> because we're gonna look at me and say, "Hey, can you apologize?" And I'll do it. I apologize. I will, no. I will. I will tweet at her and say, "Alex, I apologize for calling you overrated on our podcast." <laughs> if you haven't listened, check it out here. Please come and let us interview you. Thank you. But all right, guys, moving along to something a little bit closer to home. Um, bear with me a little bit. We're going to be talking about a lot of motherfucking acronyms real quick. So, the USL has filed a lawsuit against the UPSL. So, your first question is probably, "What the fuck is with all the acronyms, and why do I care?" Well, for one, it really impacts the future of American soccer. The USL, or the United Soccer Leagues, is the second, third, and fourth officially recognized divisions of U.S. soccer. They own all three levels of play below the MLS, and a majority of the owners within the USL are actually the same owners as the MLS. A lot of MLS owners bought franchises within the USL, and it's becoming a little muddy. Uh, Basically, it's created one large entity that kind of has control over all of professional soccer when you really factor in how much the USSF really just does whatever the MLS wants. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the UPSL is the United Premier Soccer League. And technically, they aren't sanctioned by the USSF. But if they were, they would probably fall along the lines of somewhere like the 5th and 4th division-ish. They have about 150 clubs across 17 divisions. And they were mostly amateur prior to 2017. But since 2017, a lot of their clubs have started to become more professional, you know, paying their players a little bit more, really investing more in the growth of the sport. So... 
basically the this entire lawsuit rests on one single factor. The USL claiming that there's a trademark law violation against the UPSL. And they've sent a cease and desist letter to the UPSL saying that you're not allowed to use the words United Premier Soccer in their league. Whoa. Basically claiming that because they're an amateur league, they cannot call it professional, especially because they have not been sanctioned by the USSF. And it imposes on the fact that the USL is United Soccer Leagues and some people can get the two mixed up. Now, they also claim that there's a borrowing of colors, but let me tell you what oh, colors they God. use. Red, white, and blue. I was going to say, <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me guess. Um, Imagine that. And so, it, you guys are probably still thinking, my man, why do any of us give a shit about what is going on in the depths <laughs> of the United States soccer system? And the reason that's important and the reason I even want to talk about this is that this is something that's kind of flown under the radar completely from every news media outlet. No one has picked this up. This is something that honestly no one has talked about enough. And it's a little shocking because quite frankly, what's happened over the last couple of years is is a little disturbing. Basically, what's been happening, the USL has been expanding into three divisions. They're trying to basically control the entire top half or basically trying to control the entire U.S. soccer system. The reason they're filing this lawsuit isn't because of a trademark violation. No, I genuinely don't think that anyone would confuse the two if you were to see both side by side. And okay, cool. They're both soccer leagues and they have similar words within them, but that's just what happens in yeah. soccer. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you think that, you know, the Bundesliga one sues the Bundesliga two for having the same name, the Bundesliga in it? No. Okay, of course you're saying that, yeah, but they're all owned by the same people. It's in one organized system. Fair enough. But still, like, you people get it. It's I don't think we're that stupid as monkeys. Like, I get it. We've evolved for to a pretty good point, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we put Trump in them. <laughs> That's get, true. Yeah, I'm not going to get into it. You know it. what? I take that back. Maybe we haven't evolved <laughs> at all. Maybe we're not as great as we thought we were. But anyway, the reason that this matters is that it really feels like to me that there's the soccer league, the USL, which is essentially trying to stomp out any competition before it has any chance of growing. And it really calls to mind what happened with the NASL when it stopped existing about a right, year ago. Right. So we did, if, if listeners of the podcast will, will remember that a long time ago, we did an episode on the North American Soccer League, which was the revival of a independent soccer league acting as the second division in American soccer. And they were pushing to become first division, right? What happened to them in a short summary? Uh, basically, a bunch of people complained to the USSF, mainly the USL. And they were like, hey, uh, USSF, we, the USL, want to be the second division side of America. And the USSF went, okay. And they looked at NASL and was like, hey, you guys are going to share now. You're both going to be second division. And the NASL was like, are you, what the fuck were you talking about? Like, we've been existing for a while. Like, we, we, were, the second, we were the only second division in America. USSF went, nope, I don't care. Three years passed, they shared uh, second division status. And then what happened? The USSF basically just completely pulled its sanctioning from the NASL and went, oh, sorry, man, you don't, quote unquote, fit our criteria for a second division God, league. such bullshit. And then they instilled the USL as the only second division league in America. The NASL today doesn't exist anymore. They are currently on hiatus, but there's no actual like timetable for their return. And... It's just really sketchy, man. When finally, like, a league is starting to build up, there's a couple of people really paying attention to the UPSL, and it's starting to grow within the local, you know, yeah. Community. It just seems they just shut it down. And they're ba- it, it to me, it literally just feels 
like the USL is like, mm, this is a competitor that could bother us in like five mm. to ten years. Why don't we just ruin it now so that we control everything? Yeah. Yeah, because they probably have enough money to just to make a legal battle go on for as long as they want. Well, and then just like, well, we don't have that much money, so we'll fold. And then that's exactly what could happen. Because let's say they have any legal grounds on this trademark thing. Because, okay, maybe there is some legal standing. I'm not a fucking lawyer. I don't know what causes people right, confusion right. within words. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe it is confusing if someone sees USL and, and someone sees UPSL. But. At the same time, it feels like such a benign reason to really try to like, why are we fighting? Why aren't these? Because think about it. The USL has three leagues. They have three leagues. The USL three, US or USL two, USL one and USL the championship trying to mirror what England has as their system. But instead of trying to grow soccer, they're actually going completely against the growth of soccer as because they only want soccer to grow if they control it, which is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very American of them. <laughs> it really is. That's a pretty damn good way to say it, honestly. It is. And it, it just sucks because, you know what, though? There are a lot of people who don't want to watch the MLS. There's a lot of people who don't want to watch the USL, especially because of what the USL has been doing with certain clubs. So we've talked about Chattanooga. Uh, actually, as recently as like a month ago, we did an episode where we talked about Chattanooga FC and how they were a crowdfunding. The USL saw that Chattanooga was building a fan base and there was a ton of people going to their games week in and week out. And what did the USL do? They put a team in Chattanooga to compete with Chattanooga FC. They put Chattanooga Red Wolves Soccer Club. Talk about fucking American. And then, well, another thing that happened, uh, Bug Eaters FC out of Nebraska. They are a local club getting a lot of attention from a bunch of soccer celebrities. They've A lot of people have been really rooting for Bug Eaters. They, are, they aren't in UPSL, but I believe they're in NPSL. I'm not sure. With a name my dad root for them too, Bug Eaters. Yeah, right? They're pretty dope. And basically, they are seeing that they have some traction and there's people who are caring. And what did the USL do? They're putting a team in Omaha, Nebraska to compete for that. So it's, it's so shocking i mean it shouldn't be shocking because this happens in every industry in america you have these conglomerates who try to take down the little guys amazon does it everybody does it it's a story that us americans understand and know but we shouldn't not be covering this yeah the fact that we are probably one of the very few people talking about this should not be a thing we are not that important to be talking about this especially with sports it shouldn't be a monopolized system within sports yeah but yeah i mean I just think that it's important for people to talk about because it really isn't, it shouldn't be this monopolized thing. And like, you know, we've talked about all the time. Soccer isn't for corporations. Soccer is for the community. If there's no, if there's no supporters, if there's no people going to games, the sport doesn't exist. It doesn't matter. It's like the MLS recently having these like literally empty ass stadiums. And like, if no one's there to watch your games, do you really have a league? Like, no, like, no. No. Like, I understand that there are, in the MLS, there's, there's a couple of fan bases that are super rabid and they're great, but a lot of them suck. And it's like, man, you really should just be about the community. And now that you have a bunch of clubs that are local and formed around communities, and now they're trying to get stomped out by the USL because it's their right as the higher league. Like, no, yeah, get right. out of here. But all right, that was, you know, I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention that listens to us because I find it to be absolute horseshit that this is happening in America, even if it is highly predictable that it would happen. Yeah, it's kind of sad that we're not even that surprised, you know what I mean? Like, No. It really... It's sad. Yeah. Yeah, we could just write it off as, oh, wow, that's very typical That's, that's of American, of course. <laughs> of course what we did. I know, and it sucks because there are a lot of really cool clubs down in the UPSL that could 
in the future really grow a huge fan base. So, you know, I hope that this doesn't derail them too much. I hope that this lawsuit just dies and doesn't get anywhere, but we'll see how that yeah, goes. Yeah, we'll keep you updated, world. But all right, guys, let's move in, moving back to something a little bit more global. Uh, talking about the World Cup, but not the Women's World Cup this time. Uh, FIFA has announced that it will be pulling out of the plans to expand the 2022 World Cup to 48 teams. Uh, we have covered we covered the 2022 World Cup extensively in past episodes, and one of the things that we talked about a lot was the fact that FIFA had this idea that they wanted to already push for the expansion of the World Cup to 48 teams as soon as 2022. So they've already announced that for the 2026 World Cup that's going to be happening here in the States along with Canada and Mexico, we will have 48 teams. Overall, I like the fact that there are 48 mm-hmm. teams because it is a World Cup. But at the same time, it does water down the competition a little bit. Now, that we already had that discussion about whether we think it's good or not. The part that's interesting is that they were even, they even had hope of trying to do this for Qatar because this is probably the most, well, yeah, duh headline I've ever read because the Qatar World Cup has been plagued by so many issues. Yeah. We've talked about the migrant workers' deaths, yeah. you know, the fact that they're basically becoming prisoners as soon as they arrive in Qatar to work. Uh, the location of the World Cup in itself being in a fucking desert. Like, desert. <laughs> the fact that they had to move the World Cup from the summer to the November wind, yeah. to December, which is going to be throwing off at least three to four seasons of European soccer. For, because think about it, you're going to have to either cut a season in half push it much further forward and much later to allow your players to play oh the World my Cup, God. which will then impact think of both that. seasons on the opposite side of that World Cup. Not to mention, like, it's it's there's a very good chance that the 2022 World Cup is an absolute shit show. Yeah, because, yeah. like, I feel like a lot of teams will be like, no, don't go and play. Like, or it's just like, or like, yeah, like, say... But, but what sucks is that no player is going to look at their club and be like, yeah, no, I'll stick around here. Like, you're, you're going to want to go play for your country, but, like, it's just so ass It'll be very conflicting, yeah. for sure, because, like, I'm sure there will, there will be players who will be like, nah, I, I think I'm just going to play for the club. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and it's going to create this weird, weird situation. It's going like le- to be like a watered-down, in terms of skill, either way. It's going to be either a watered-down World Cup or watered-down... Uh, regular season, regular season yeah, to it's, watch. It's gonna be a strange couple of years in soccer, and like and like TV rights. Who's gonna who's gonna show like all these league games while the World Cup's going? You know. Well, that's the thing. I think that FIFA will mandate <clears throat> that those leagues go on break. The way that, for example, every time there's a World Cup, the MLS goes on break for oh, about yeah. a month because their calendar kind of fits where the, yeah. the World Cup would be. Or actually, I don't think the MLS goes on a full month break. I think they only go on a break for like three weeks. So they do have ge- MLS games during the World Cup. Because the U.S. doesn't usually last that long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the case, but you well, know. You might have a point. <laughs> and by, so, by the knockout series, by, by quarterfinal semis, I don't think there's much of a last player yeah. left. We talked about how the Russia World Cup was going to be a disaster, but ended up not being a disaster. But then again, that didn't really mess with the schedule. It was still no. played in the summer. It, it didn't really interfere too much. But the whole purpose of this is to show that the Qatar World Cup is already plagued with so many problems. Like, there's so many problems at every level that you're looking at. To give you an idea, Qatar has never been a footballing nation. And the city that will host the final, when they announced the World Cup was going to be in Qatar, that city didn't exist. They are building the city on a dock and creating a brand new city, brand new stadium, brand new everything for this. It's so just baffling. In other countries, you would rebuild a stadium or you would build a They're stadium. They're building a fucking city. They are <laughs> Dude, building I didn't know that. a Literally. city. I didn't know that. To host the final. Mm-hmm. 
within the span of like this was announced I think in what 2011 2012 that they're doing the 2022 World Cup in Qatar yeah they're trying to build inhabit expand a city to host a final and all of this stuff FIFA still thought it was a good idea to go oh hey guys you know how we can make some more money right now let's put 48 teams in this World Cup in a in a country that can barely hold what we already have going there genius absolutely genius and so, quite frankly, yeah, it, it is a no-brainer that they decided to pull out on this because it's already a disaster of a World Cup. Yeah. No, no way. I mean, I, I already don't love the whole 48-team idea, so I'm glad they scrapped it, but... So it why just, don't you think the 48-team idea is a good idea? Just as much you guys saying, the watered-down competition, there's already some games in a World Cup, very few, but there's already some games where you're like, I don't, I don't, don't want to watch Morocco, Iran, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mm. watch those games. So, just I love it. excitement in it for me, but now 48, with, you're adding now 16 extra teams. It's more to watch. So, well, I, more I, talent to be seen. So there is... A, I guess, a, I guess. There's a dual side to this, at least in my opinion. I agree with you, Egg, that there... It does water down the competition. It makes a lot of meaningless games. But I find that those meaningless games will only be meaningless for like one or two tournaments, which is actually a big Mm. fucking deal because that's eight years. Yeah. But I feel like once they expand to 48 teams and a lot of other countries see that there's a bigger possibility of them going to a World Cup, that's going to better the overall play for those countries. Hopefully it goes that way. Hopefully that's the hope, right? There's no guarantee. Is this going to be annoying watching some of these big clubs having to play against the, I don't know, team 44 that made it in? Big they're gonna teams? six oh, yeah yeah sorry, sorry. country forty four made they're gonna six oh seven oh these teams and no offense I don't know, like for a World Cup I want competition I want of course you you get some of those games every World Cup you know what I mean yeah there's some teams the bottom six seven teams aren't that great yeah but they're telling me the the bottom I don't know fifteen teams aren't gonna be that great right I don't know. it just seems and like it's, a lot it's a lot of teams in there that aren't gonna be able to keep up with the upper echelon of countries you know what I mean right. And for some people who may not who may not necessarily understand is that in reality the World Cup isn't the whole World Cup. The World Cup is the World Cup finals. The World Cup actually starts happening with qualification. Yeah. And so teams do have to qualify for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And in reality, they do get to play as in part of the tournament, even if they don't qualify for the final tournament. Yep. yep. But they are participating. Oh, for so sure. it's it's an interesting debacle. That we're envisioning. Exactly. But, you know, it is going to 48 teams for the 2026 World Cup, which I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. If it works out well, great. If it doesn't, maybe they should cut it back. Yeah. Lucille City still has a lot of work to go. <laughs> uh, and that's the final, right? That's the final. Wow. That'll be good. Imagine imagine people rolling up in three years' time and there's no city. There's no city to be played in. Dude, I could literally see it in a year where Qatar's like, hey, guys, uh, just kidding. So, you know how we said we were going to build the city? Yeah, we don't have a final place anymore for the final that's uh yeah god i thought baku was a was a bad situation man <laughs> think overall today's biggest biggest overlying uh idea is uh corruption in soccer yeah 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 it's not <laughs> or how much where does the buck stop in soccer or better yet Apparently how much can nowhere. we suck as the organizers of the world's most popular sport and every year we find a way to suck more than the last one <laughs> And speaking about uh, the governing body of soccer sucking at what they do, circling back to the Women's World Cup, which kicks off in about two weeks, last week, FIFA announced that if you had bought tickets for the tournament, you could print them and that you could finally get your hands on your tickets, you know, like normal people do because they're preparing and planning for a trip overseas. Most people going to France to watch this tournament. And so people are printing out their tickets and they're getting all excited and stuff. And so, of course, everybody ran and did it. 
And oh wait, what's this? I'm not sitting next to anyone I bought tickets with. I can't sit with the people that I can't sit with my wife. I can't sit with my kids because all of our tickets were completely off. So no basically, way. here's what happened. A ton of people started to see that their tickets for each of their matches were all over the place. Family with children were completely separated from one another. Wives and husbands were completely separated from one another. Groups of fans were literally just thrown all over the place. Guys, there are literally maybe, at the time that I wrote, I wrote down my notes, it was 18 days until the World Cup kicked off. This is a massive, massive, massive blunder by FIFA. Like, this is shocking. And here's the kicker. FIFA basically came out and said, oh, hey, yeah, that really sucks, but we can't do anything about it. Your best bet is to get to the stadium and find someone to switch seats with. I would be fucking livid. Yeah, especially if you're going with like one other person. Dude, there was a guy. I was I was reading tweets about this. There was a guy who bought three match uh, a three match ticket or three match ticket package for him and his wife. It was semifinal, quarterfinal, final. He's sitting in one of the matches. He is sitting in the lower ring, close to the sideline, and his wife is sitting in like the third level of the stadium, up in the nosebleeds, in a completely different section where they were going to have to take different entrances into the stadium. They would not even be able to see each other at halftime. Wow. And this is just ridiculous. And like, Whoa. imagine, right? You, you, you have a, it's your wife, your girlfriend, and you're like, man, she loves the United States women's national team. I really want, it's our anniversary. I want, I've never been to France. We want to do this beautiful, amazing trip. We're going to go to Paris. I'm going to take her to the Eiffel Tower. We're going to have amazing dinner, all this and that. And we're going to, then we're going to go watch her favorite soccer team, the United States women's national team, lift another trophy. But, but you, but you can't sit next to her. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's it sucks too because it's just like, well, no one next to him is gonna switch tickets because he's so close. Yeah, so he's gonna have to sacrifice when in reality he shouldn't have in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. He shouldn't have to do that. Wow, that's like, and it's such balls. a fuck up. I feel like what? Where along the lines of doing this, they think, oh. Whatever, nobody really care. Like, did they think this is gonna be an even half? Yeah, something must. Idea? Uh, whoever, who, whatever happened, like, because I'm sure they all got to pick their tickets and everything. Well, they did, like, but they then did. something <laughs> on the back end must have yeah. happened, like on the printout day, it's just like randomized tickets. Oh my god, the person, whatever happened there, they're fired. And this sucks because. We've been seeing so much growth in the women's game and so much importance to the women's game. And the tickets for this summer's World Cup had sold out. Like, this is going to be yeah. one of the biggest tournaments ever for women's soccer. And, of course, FIFA had to fuck it up. It's just, it's so shocking to see the level of ineptitude that the people who organize and run this sport have. Yeah, especially for such a big tournament. It's, the, it's supposed to be the second biggest tournament. How does this happen? It's 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 not that difficult. You do this for tournaments year in and year out. You organize the men's World Cup. You organize different tournaments, the Confederations Cup. You or, like there's so many different things that FIFA organizes where this has never been a problem. It's gonna be interesting. And why is it that when it's on the biggest possible stage, there's a problem like this? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see like on TV if they hadn't fixed it by the time the World Cup starts. To just see mismatched colors everywhere. Oh my! And, and just, just like to like people, have the atmosphere won't be the same. No, and now I can't imagine, right? Like, let's say you were a supporter group, right? Because yeah. there are supporters groups who buy tickets together yep. and go mm -hmm. as a crew. For the World Cup last year, there was a bunch of them for different countries organized, right? Yep. You're an organized supporters group for a country. 
you buy a bunch of t- tickets. You're thinking, all right, cool. We're going to get like three rows. We're going to pack this. We're going to be loud. Nope. Jeff's up there in the third nosebleed. Susie's over on the other side with her drum. And I'm over here with my flares. <laughs> yeah. Fat ass Francois. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, wow. Like, this is, it's so bad. I know I, I, I like, I don't really have much to really analyze this with because all you really need to know is that FIFA really dropped the ball on this one. But I wonder if there's going to be anybody who just doesn't go because of this. Because they're like, okay, so okay, fine. Fair enough. To FIFA's credit, they did say that they could possibly do exceptions for families with children. Oh, so um, that's the bare minimum. Yeah, like you. Yeah, right, make we'll that do exception. well if your kid's under fifteen. Then uh, yeah, it'll work out. But hey, other than little, that, sorry. little nine-year-old Timmy, I go sit alone over there with <laughs> yeah. all the hooligans. Yep. <laughs> like, no, yeah, you better make that exception. But all right, guys, want to try something a little new this episode to end on a lighter note and play a little game, and we're gonna call it uh, "Things You Can Say on the Soccer Field, But Not in Bed," and we're just gonna go around and just give our best one. <laughs> uh this is tough. I like you really sprung it on me. I can't even like you got to think of a quick one, huh? Uh, All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and say mine. Um, put it between his legs and then just go for glory. <laughs> That's a good one. Holy shit! <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, that was a really good one, actually. I don't, did you just walk? I literally just thought of that. I know that I, was I, a really good one. So I had I had planned the this part of the episode and didn't actually think <laughs> of making my own joke up until now. So my bad on me, but I got no, one. That's a good one. You're lucky. You came in clean from behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, man. Hey, great balls. Keep sending them over the top. <laughs> Pretty quality. Bro, that's a good one. You that took two seconds one. of that. You came up clutch there. Yeah, well... Just you, it's funny, like you just think about the most like sexual parts <laughs> of a soccer field. It's like, huh? How sexual parts of a soccer field? What do you mean? No, nah, just like you the think box. of the like, just like, <laughs> yeah, just like, just shit that like you wouldn't think would be sexualized. And I'm but thinking, if like, set how out many of context, teammates said something to me, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I got you, man. And I never really made like a sexual connection. No, this is good. Yeah, but when the sh- then the shoes on the other foot. I'm going to be in my indoor game this game. Someone's like, hey, send this ball over to I'm like, whoa, bro, relax, Easy. relax, Easy. man. <laughs> Easy, big fella. <laughs> but all right, guys, I think that's a pretty solid place to end our uh, our episode this week. We want to end today's episode standing in solidarity with Ada. We really we really hope the best out of her. FIFA, questionable with the expanding to 48 teams, but who knows, not this World Cup, maybe next one. Lawsuits in the United States soccer. Seems pretty normal to us nowadays. <laughs> and finishing off with the biggest ticketing fiasco we've ever seen. Jimmy's going to be coming home with a new set of words after this <laughs> World Cup. Let us know what you think. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Five stars, four stars. We love five stars more than anything. So help us out. As always, you can comment below. Reach out to us. If you want free soccer packs, still got them. Still haven't had any bites yet. Please. I want to give them away. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.